18 down. Was that 350, 47 to go? Uh, I'm Chris. This is at a theater near me. Uh, the podcast where I go to the movie theaters every single day for an entire year. Uh, I have a guest with me today. Uh, I have Mike Geary, who is the uh, host of Why Are You Laughing and the Blind Mike Project for the three people that don't know that. Uh, we'll talk to Mike in a second. Before we do, I do want to talk about two tours before we, uh, before we get started here. Two tours does amazing work with their gummies, their edibles, their cartridges, their disposables. Uh, check them out at twotours.com. That's twotours.com. You can get your tinctures there. Uh, these things help me get to sleep. I have horrible insomnia. So I have the, whether it be the droplet from the tincture or some of their edibles. I like the dragon fruit. I definitely recommend that. Um, check that out at twotours.com. Use the promo code movies and you get 20% off and free shipping. That's the promo code movies and you get 20% off and free shipping. You can't beat that deal. I mean, you're getting gummies sent to your house. You don't have to leave the house. I mean, how easy is that? And they taste great and they uh, make you feel better. So twotours.com promo code gummies. Okay. Mike is here. Hello, Mike. Welcome. I notice you keep referring to me as Mike Geary. Is that because Blind Mike is too lowbrow for this program? I can call you Blind Mike. If you, I can call you whatever you'd like. Uh, <laughs> some people might know you here, though, as friend of Warthog. They might not know that you are your own man. Yeah, is this too conversational? Do you want me to just be like kind of a, a pawn for you to talk off of? Yeah, well, I mean, you've already, I think you've already spoken enough. It's about what, 37 seconds of, of speaking you've done, right? So we can end it right there. Uh, no, can Mike I, is here. I, Mike is, I know I know. this is a very, um, uh, you have a, a things to get to, but can I just ask why you didn't ask me about the Warthog? Because I could have saved you a lot of headache. <laughs> I probably should have. I It was never going to be permanent uh, to have Warthog be the sidekick. I just wanted to try it out. Um, plus, I just generally like him. And I, thought, I think he's funny, but maybe... Um, Maybe five yeah, minutes. You, of you him shine is, a light on him and he disappears. Yeah, every once in a while he'll throw out something though that does make me laugh. But I think he, maybe a half hour of it might not be as effective as say like three minutes of it, yeah. um, or thirty seconds might not be. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor word. I, I, I did. I mean, I, he made me feel like a lot more comfortable doing this though. Like doing it by myself, I have. It's really hard. I, I didn't realize how hard it would be. So having him here actually did help. Um, I think he derailed you because actually the Friday before he was on, I texted you and sa said you sound a lot less nervous. And now that I'm on the pod, you setting up felt like I was on an awkward first date. You're very nervous again. You're very <laughs> you talk too much. It feels like you're scared of what people are going to say about this. No, I don't think it's that. It's more like up top. I'm scared of like doing the producing. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with this fucking board. And uh, it's yeah, kind of a, it's kind of a so shit I can show. Understand that. Um, so it's more just like getting the technical stuff set up. And then like, like if you probably know, if anyone listens to this, they probably notice like 10 minutes in, I'm a lot more comfortable. Cause I just know everything's working. Like even now I'm worried like your volume is not gonna be high enough. Like I'm like, I don't know how people like produce shows regularly. It sounds like a real challenge that I would apparently be terrible at. I can only imagine. <laughs> um, I do, I do sound nervous. Don't, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe, well, I'm not usually, uh, I don't even have a guest on that's, you know, that says more than four words. So maybe that's why, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the movies, Bell and King Richard. Uh, Mike has seen King Richard. Uh, Bell is an anime film. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Bell in a second, I guess, or a few seconds here, but talk about King Richard first. I guess the reason I want to have Mike on was Mike doesn't like King Richard and I didn't completely hate it. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't think it was that as terrible as you made it sound. I guess kind of like for anyone who didn't hear, like what were your problems with King Richard? I thought it was horrible. I hate any biopic that makes the subject out to be like his greatest flaw was he was too perfect a man. 
if his 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 worst attribute was that he's right about everything. Like I hate anything that has that angle to it. And I know that uh, the fact that Venus and Serena are producers maybe derails this argument, but I just feel like, particularly in this day and age, it's so weird to have two of the most successful women in sports history that have transcended like a, a pretty minor sport. Like tennis is not one of the major sports, and yet everyone knows Venus and Serena, and yet this movie was about their dad who kind of helped them out. Yeah, I mean, we're touching the biggest nerd right there is that Venus and Serena Williams are the producers of this movie, uh, which because of that, it glosses over some major things that I think would have been really interesting to delve into. For instance, Richard had a whole first family that is touched on very briefly in the movie, but what, you know, he the, the whole movie, we're led to believe he's this great, really intense, over-the-top dad. Like, he's he, he cares about his kids almost too much. But then we find out with 20 minutes off the movie that no, 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 no. He actually has a whole different family. He's completely ignored. And, and maybe he didn't ignore them. We don't know. It didn't get into that. Uh, it also didn't talk about their Jehovah's Witness. And they would talk about Kingdom Hall. Like it would come up once in a while. That seems like a pretty interesting, unusual thing to discuss. Like how much of a role did that play in the family having problems? And then uh, I guess kind of the coup de grace is that in real life, uh, shortly after this movie quote unquote ends, uh, Richard and his wife get divorced in real life and it doesn't, it, it kind of hints yeah, at that. And but. the wife's, the funny thing was like the wife's problem with him, like the big conflict between them. She's a hundred percent right. <laughs> like she's, she's right. He's doing all this wild shit without asking her without like, he's forcing these coaches to take on Venus and Serena and then questioning everything they do. And they make it seem like he's this great mind for tennis. When in reality, even through the, the filmmaker's eyes, he seems like every asshole little league dad that just got lucky that he has two of the greatest athletes ever. Yeah. So I guess his personality type, I have the least issue with. I almost think you have, like he has to be like that. Like if you're, when you're in that situation, I, I guess when you're in Compton and you have, you know, you have nothing positive uh, going on in, in your life. I think you have, you have to almost be this like forced. It's always propelling forward because if you fuck up at all, your margin for error is so slim that you, uh, you lose that you, you know, if, if one bad thing had happened to that family, they would have been completely fucked and we never would have heard of Serena and Venus Williams. So I think you almost have to be like overly positive and almost like you said, that would have leaked dad from hell to make it work. I don't think that excuses like a suburban dad to behave that way, but I almost think if he doesn't act that way, maybe those kids don't become great. I don't know if that's fair to Serena and Venus either though. Well, it's, that's funny though. Cause like then the more accurate that is, the more I just hate the concept of the movie <laughs> because then it becomes like, Oh, I'm sure he did a good job raising his kids or at least those two. Like I'm sure he was, you know, uh, he had a big part in, in their lives and how successful they became and everything. But I don't think that warrants a movie. Like I'm not interested in. And by the way, is this this is like as long as Goodfellas? Yeah, way too. <laughs> like they take the in Henry Hill's entire life story was told in the same time it took to be like, hey, he was a good dad. Yeah, this movie clocks in about two twenty. Um, it's way too long. It could have easily been a hundred minutes. It did not need to be that long. Um, it, it, it even like kind of revisits some of the same beats over and over again. Uh, I think you have to show the two different coaches, which are both really well played. You have Tony Goldwyn uh, playing the first coach. He's really good. 
And then you have uh, John Barenthal playing the second coach, who, who's playing a bit of a cliche. Is it, it, I, I feel like that character was a little was a little too on the nose sometimes. I actually liked him because he was the only person voicing my frustration, where he's like, "Jesus, man, just let me do my job." Yeah, I think you're supposed to be annoyed by Richard, but then you, the other issue I have with the movie, and it's not the movie's fault. This is also true with the Kurt Warner movie as well, but you know what's going to happen. There's no risk here. Like, you know that even though Richard's kind of an asshole, that it all works out in the end. So because of that, it really gives the movie really, in a bizarre way, low stakes because, well, it's all going to work out. And Richard, Richard's going to be kind of a kind of a dick, but it was all for the greater good, potentially. Yeah, he was just, a, 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 a you know, made out to be like a flawless hero to me, which is the, just a boring movie. And like you said, it's a true story, so we know it works out. And I hated, you talk, like we just talked about it being too long, the last like 25 minutes are this stupid tennis match. <laughs> yeah, with... It uh, reminded me a lot of uh, the ending of, what's the Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody? Right. Where they just reenact the entire <laughs> uh, Live Aid concert. It's like, we don't, we can look that up on YouTube. We don't need to, we understand, you know, she plays tennis well. That's a problem, I think, just with sports, the sports movie genre. I mean, it's true even in Hoosiers. Like, that last game is way too long. Like, the, you know, sometimes they fall in that trap of, uh, well, it's a sports movie, so we have to show the sport. But I think you're absolutely right. Like, if if we have the ability to see this at home with the real people partaking in it, I, I don't know why it has to be quite that long. I know, I know in theory we're seeing it from Richard's perspective. That's why he's in the hallway, in the concourse, and then we see him kind of rejoin his family. But even that's a lie because we find out eight years later he actually divorces from his, you know, his wife and his family. So I, I felt like the movie didn't know exactly what to do with Richard. I think the movie, I think Venus and Serena thought they were being truthful by maybe not showing Richard in always the most positive light, but I feel like they glossed over really ne- a lot of negative or interesting things about him. Um, I guess my other, my other point is this about Will Smith's performance. People are saying it's his best performance ever. Uh, he won the Golden Globe for the first time in his life for a movie. Uh, he's been nominated for two Oscars in the past. It seems almost a lock for his third. It'd be his first one since 2007. And I don't think he was that great. No, it seems like, um, I, if I remember right, I think the Oscars So White stuff started after Concussion when uh, Will, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith made a big stink that he wasn't nominated for that. Does that sound right to you? Uh, I remember it just r- roughly around that same time. I mean, you had just an onslaught of things. Uh, the Oscars. But up- it just reminded me, so this performance just reminded me of that in the sense that like, I think if Will Smith does a voice, he's like, pretty good, huh? I should be nominated for this. <laughs> it's like he did, he did, he had a bit of a, a, a different cadence than he usually does. I don't necessarily think that's a great acting performance. You know what I mean? It seems like anytime he does an impression of someone, he feels he deserves an Oscar. And the world does too, apparently. Yeah, I think he was, I, I agree with you. I, I think there is kind of a movement and it's not even racially. I think it's just because Will Smith's been just a huge figure in our lives, you know, for, for over 30 years now. Um, 35, if you count his rap career in the late 80s. Like, he's been around forever. So I think there is a movement to try to get him an Oscar. The thing is, with this, though, I thought he was better in Pursuit of Happiness, which is actually a pretty similar film, and I think a much better movie. Uh, he's kind of playing the same... Yes, Richard's more of an asshole than the character in Pursuit of Happiness was. But it's that same kind of thing, like, hey, we're up. I'm, I'm a dad, I'm up against these odds, I gotta somehow, like you know, c- kind of rise above these great tides that are coming at me uh, and, and see if I can succeed with, m- with my kid. And uh, I thought he was better there. I, I don't think this is, 
I, I don't think this is one of his top performances. I, 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 I was, uh, I was, I was kind of expecting great things when I walked into the theater and I just walked away being, yeah, it was pretty good. It was all right, but I don't think he was that great. Yeah. Well, that's the, I would, so I would have much rather this be the Earl Woods movie if they were going to do, you know, a father that was tough on their kids, but drove them to greatness because Earl Woods. And again, you would have to tell the story correctly, but I think there's more interesting things there. Like, I, I mean, me, Selfishly, I would have wanted to seen the scene with like him bringing women into the RV and shit like that. Whereas Richard Williams, I don't think had a lot of interesting things about him, at least not that were shown in this movie. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, there were, you know, and I know later in life, uh, there were some domestic violence incidences and things like that. Not saying they should have included that in the movie, but it would have been a hell of a lot more interesting than what we got. I feel like. I think it should. I think. Well, I don't think that Earl Woods movie would ever happen. Like, there's no way I think Tiger would let that happen. I, I can't right. imagine. Um, which is a shame because that would be an interesting story. And I think the real Richard story would be more interesting than the one we got. Like I said, I don't hate this movie. I'm going to give it a B minus. It's fine. Um, but I think I, I, it's right there with the Kurt Warner movie. Actually, I think they're both pretty on equal footing, which is funny because King Richard's getting a lot of Oscar talk and the Kurt Warner movies kind of laughed at as this Christian debacle, but they're actually more similar than different, uh, as far as quality is concerned. Uh, but with Richard being this flawed character, I think he has a lot of flaws, but we see him instead trying to be like, you know, the beginning of the movie, he's like Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. And at the end of the movie, he's just kind of like a dickish guy pretending to be rich. But I think there's actually some real demons there. I said they had this first family. You're right. There's some domestic violence stuff that's been that may, may or may not have happened. There was that divorce with his, with the wife we see in the movie. And, uh, and, and there just seems to be some real complexities there that I guess Serena and Venus didn't want to approach, which is a shame because it might've cost him a, a more interesting film. Right. And again, I would have rather seen the movie about them with Richard Williams as a side character. You know, like, I think that's almost more interesting. Yeah, I, I can't argue. So what do you, so what do you give this movie? You, you're down on I'd it, but you don't a, hate this movie. I'd give it a D. I mean, wow. like, at, at, I thought it sucked. I hated it. <laughs> the only reason I sat through it was to make fun of it on my show. Like, I knew I was going to talk about it. I think B minus is what you give everything. I feel like you've uh, no. really leaned into that grade here. I'm giving Bell. Bell's getting a C plus, so wildly different grade oh, for you're Bell. About to skewer this thing then. <laughs> no, I don't know. I gave. Uh, you know, I just came. I saw that Venom movie that was atrocious, and the 355 that was bad, and Kingsman was bad. Those movies are substantially worse than this one was. Uh, I just don't think there's a lot, a lot here. Like I said, similar to the Kurt Warner movie, there just wasn't a lot there. Kurt Warner, I don't think is a uh, seems. Like maybe there just isn't a lot there. Like that just is who that guy is. Um, but Richard, there seems to be some real darkness there that I don't think they honestly were looking to really approach, which is which is a no. shame. Um, which is why I mean it should just be a rule that the people involved are never allowed to make the movie. Oh, <laughs> like I the agree. second you found out Jordan was involved in uh, the God, what's the name of the oh right the yeah, Chicago Bulls documentary. Um, yeah, you knew it wasn't going to be one hundred percent truth or even fifty percent truthful. You know. Right. Exactly. No, actually made me not want to watch it. Like I, I've only watched bits and pieces of it because of that. Uh, and I probably, I probably would have seen King Richard because of the Will Smith getting Oscar buzz, but I would never have, if it wasn't for this project, I never would have seen the Kurt Warner movie because I'm like, ah, I'm not really interested in hearing their, their side of it. And I said that movie was probably a little better than I thought it was going to be. This was a little worse than I thought it was going to be, but you know, either movie is, is not particularly great. Um, no, I'd love, I would love, I've always wanted to see Will Smith play a really dark character, but I just don't think this was that, you know? He shies away from that. 
he he ne- like he he did that movie Suicide Squad, which is awful. That's a terrible movie. Uh, that's that's an, sucked, yeah. that's a, a horrible horrible movie. Uh, he's not terrible in it, but that movie itself is terrible. But I think that was him going it probably as dark as you're going to see him go. He has a lot of like weird stuff in his like he wants to be like super positive. He's one of those kind of guys. So I, I don't see him really playing a truly dark character. It's disappointing. I think he's got that. Re- I mean, when he. You know, when he lashed out at Uncle Phil, I think we all remember the dramatic roles he could take on. Oh, yes. Those were (laughs) some really dark moments there. But I mean, I mean, he was he was good in, uh, you know, he was good in Ali. Um, Jamie Foxx may have been better. I I don't know. Uh, And then I said, I really liked Pursuit of Happiness, but neither of those movies are truly, you know, dark roles. Um, And neither is this. Uh, let's, before we get into bell, I do want to talk about, uh, Griffin lock and key, uh, Griffin lock and key will work with you to achieve your security needs, whatever they may be. The average house in new England is over 50 years old. So make sure your security system is not Griffin lock and key will help you keep up to date with the new technology and find out which solutions work best for you. Smart locks, ring doorbells, digital safe locks, are just some of the things that Griffin lock and key can provide for you. Whether you need a high security lock installed, or maybe you just lost your keys. So whatever it is, Griffin lock is there to help. Uh, you can give Brian a call for a free security consultation. It's 978-732-3241. That's 978-732-3241. Or go visit their website, uh, www.griffinlock.com. Uh, Brian's a super friendly guy. He came to my house, helped me out. I can't recommend Griffin Lock and Key enough. If you, you know, it never hurts to have a good locksmith in your back pocket, and you're not going to find a better one than than uh, Griffin Lock and Key. Okay, so I do want to talk a little about theater. So you saw King Richard at home, like almost everyone did, because it was on HBO Max. Yeah, but like, do you do you go to the movies a lot? I know what you mentioned on on Kirk's show, like how. Uh, it's like it's too dark for you because the is it like easier to watch a movie like when it's really oh, that's light right. with with Alba that wouldn't really be as like I would literally just hold her hand as we walked to the but uh, I guess that is true I would be resistant like if I was going on my own or going with friends or whatever I would hate I fucking hated it I, there was actually um, a time where I was supposed to meet people in the theater and uh, like they were out grabbing food so I was going to be the first one in so I walk in. And uh, the commercial was, it was like a really dark trailer. Yeah. So like the the screen was dark, obviously. And I just picked the seat and sat down and then it gets bright. Like there's white on the screen and it shines. And I look next to me and there's just a guy sitting in the seat directly next to me. And I was like, oh shit, I got scared. <laughs> I go, my bad, man. And I get up and he reaches and grabs for me and goes, hey, it's okay. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Which I feel like will be you in about a month where you're like, just any human contact would be right. nice. <laughs> Anyone who looks over at me, hey, it's okay. Come, come, please come <laughs> sit with me, please. Um, do you have a, uh, like a favorite movie going experience? Like I love, I saw Pulp Fiction at theaters and it completely blew my mind and changed how much I love movies. And have you had one of those like, you know, baptism by movie theater experiences? I guess The Dark Knight, which I saw in theaters like four times, I think. But I remember turning to my buddy in uh, the scene where uh, Heath Ledger is like filming himself with the kid who like admires Batman. Yep. And he's like shaking the camera and getting all nuts. I remember just turning to my buddy and going, yeah, he this role fucking killed him. <laughs> like he got way too into this. He's too good as the Joker. 
That, yeah, yes, uh, incredible. Uh, that was that is one of the great supporting actor roles of performances of all time, and it is, uh, and that's a great movie experience. I love seeing that. I was completely blown away. I walked out of that movie like shaking with excitement. That was great. Yeah, so great that's movie. the only one that stands out. But what I liked during the pandemic, and I don't know, this would probably be breaking your rules, but um, they were doing for a while like you could just rent out a theater for a hundred bucks. Yeah, they still and do. Watch like they had a list of movies you could like. I know like they had a Tarantino list at uh, the AMC theater near me where you could pick from Jackie Brown or Pulp Fiction or whatever. Which seemed like, I mean, a hundred bucks to have the theater to yourself. That's not really not bad. It's not bad at all. I mean, that'd be a fun night out with, with friends. I'm kind of I'm not doing that. I don't. I mean, unless it's really desperate times. Uh, I think that is kind of breaking the rules for my project. Or I would think so. Yeah. Whatever the hell this is. Yes, I, I I'm not going to do that. I don't think, but. Um, I, I do see that. I wonder how successful that is. I wonder how often that's happening. I have seen in the last few weeks here going to some smaller theaters that they do like they'll show screenings of people's movies. So like, let's say you just had a movie that you made with your buddies and then you have people come and watch it. Like that is, I've seen that twice now where people are like, they're like, these are not, and they're, they're not even like movies that are like you know, independent films. These are like super low key movies that don't even have like, they're not advertised anywhere. It's invite only. And then they rent the theater out and do it that way, which is fun. I Maybe imagine. that should be the movie you see on uh, December 31st is the Clemmings, the uh, at a theater near me fans shoot a movie. And that's what you have to watch is the last film. Oh God. <laughs> I love that. Everyone just wants it to be worse and worse. Like the, 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 the <laughs> like, you know, everyone has their vision for what yeah, it, all of it involves. Just like, it, just like, Oh, you should do this. Make it even harder for yourself or make it even like more difficult or, or less fun or whatever we can do to ruin this for you. Yeah, um, what, if you do, what do you have to do in a different country every day? That'd be fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean like Greenland. That, that sounds like a great time. Um, <laughs> so I talked to talking to people about this. Uh, it sounds like more and more people are, are are pretty much, I don't want to say done going to the movies, but the act of go, action of going to the movies is not as much fun for them as it was. And they don't, and because the TVs are so much better, and this is true with sporting events too. But people are just like, I don't know if I'm going to go back to the movies, like even when COVID's done, or I won't go back to the movies as much. And we were seeing that behavior before COVID anyway. Like, is that, are you, are you happy watching stuff at home or do you like going to actually go into the theaters? I mean, I guess I like going to theaters, although I have no problem watching at home. I think the big thing is like, you know, uh, Saturday night, if you were in Buffalo and the Bills were playing the Patriots, you would want to be at that game. Whereas movies aren't at the forefront of your mind for plans anymore. Like it used to be, oh, Friday night, let's we can go to dinner, we can go to the movies. It was like three or four things that you could do on, a, you know, every Friday night. And movies was probably the top one, whereas that's not, no one thinks of it anymore. Even. Do you, do you have a favorite like theater near you? Like I'm, I'm going to the one in Chestnut Hill this week. Uh, it's the Showcase Cinema Lux, and I hear that one's supposed to be really nice. I didn't know if you had a theater. I think that's where I saw um, Hateful Eight, if I'm not mistaken. That is a pretty nice one. All right. Okay. But no, not really, because I haven't been like since I've moved out here. I haven't really gone to the movies at all. Braintree was nice. Like anywhere with the uh, reclining seats. Yeah. Actually. That's more and more prevalent. That was actually, it's been more prevalent than I thought it was going to be. Like almost every theater has the state has like that. Other than showcase, like showcase. I don't know if they have that anywhere, but most others do. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's 
definitely moving toward that direction. Um, talk quickly about Bell. I know Mike hasn't seen that. I'm guessing no one listening to this has seen this movie. It's anime. I went in dreading it more than any movie I've done for this project. I really did not want to go see this movie, um, but actually wasn't so bad. Um, it it's it's about a it's like a combination of Ready Player One meets Beauty and the Beast. Um, and I saw, I had to watch an anime movie for quantum week called princess Mononoke. Uh, it was about like wizards and, uh, like a forest, a magical forest or something. It was awful. This wasn't as bad. Um, if you're into anime or you don't mind anime. And I think, especially if you have like teenage girls, that might be an interesting movie. It, the, the protagonist here is a is like, I think a 17 year old girl who, uh, and it deals with like the metaverse. So like, um, they call it the you, but it's kind of like the stuff that Zuckerberg's talking about where basically you have an avatar and you can go into this new world and, and you can do things there. And visually, because it's animated, the metaverse that they had was really stunning to watch. So if you're into that stuff, I recommend it, I guess. Um, it's fine. It's, it's like I said, a C plus. It's not terrible. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot worse and, but I guess it's getting some Oscar buzz as far as best animated movie, but I thought Encanto was much, much, much better. Um, do you have any anime movies that you like at all? No. What is, is anime literally just animation or is there like a, when I think of anime, I think of Dragon Ball Z or something like that. I think it's Japanese animation, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I, any I, Japanese animation. There's no like theme to what the plot is or anything like that. That's what I thought. I mean, I'm seeing here. No, I, mean, I have no, I, maybe, I yeah, maybe it's not technically anime. It might just be Japanese animated movie. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was, it, this played at cons. I got a standing ovation for 14 minutes at cons. I think that's a little ridiculous. Um, it's a world I don't really, I know it exists. And I know it's very popular. I just know understanding or interest in it. I will say this is a pretty, for, for on the same boat. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, but this is actually a pretty easy entry level. Like I didn't feel like I was confused or there, it wasn't like, well, all right, Dragon Ball Z, for instance. I'll watch like two minutes of that and be completely confused. I'm like, I'm not interested in right. this at all. That's uh, my image of all <laughs> Yeah, this I didn't feel I didn't feel was that at all. This was like, oh, this was like had like a relatable storyline. It had like a girl, had a father, and like she like it was like she's going to school, like it was all normal stuff. It wasn't like, you know, speed racer where it's just strange things are happening. I, I definitely felt uh connected to reality to some level. And I actually the metaverse stuff was interesting just because it's like, oh, is that kind of where we're going? This is this looks awful. Like I don't not the movie itself, but just that premise of having an avatar and, and like all the stuff you see in Ready Player One. I, I, that stuff is that annoys me. But I'm probably too old for it anyway. I don't know. Probably not for me. Were there other people in the theater for this one? So this was the first time I went in there completely alone. Completely empty. Completely empty. I, I bought the ticket and the girl the girl well, I had the I have the uh, pass for Regal. So I went in there, I'm like, all right, I got the pass and she gives you a ticket. She goes, Get the theater to yourself. I'm like, Great. It says a lot. If you didn't show up, would they still play the movie? Thought the same thing. I'm guessing they do because I walked in, you know, mid trailers. That's so strange. So they, I wonder if they just play to zombie like to it's ghosts. Like I wonder if they do. Like this must happen. They must play movies to just no one. Yeah, I mean I <laughs> I've never really thought about that, but Back in the day, it must have been more a thing of a thing like people could show up at any time, but now no one's showing up 10 minutes into Bell, you know? No, especially now, too, because so many people buy their tickets in advance on Fandango and stuff. So, like, you right. have a pretty good idea for who's going to be in, for the most part, for who's going to be in there when the movie starts. Have you ever gone to a movie by yourself? Like, were you the only uh, one there? By myself? No, no. Actually, the you could have asked the Warthog about this. He was a big solo movie guy. Yeah, I I love going movies by myself, but I, this was and this isn't the first time where I've been in a theater by myself, like completely alone. Um, right. It is a weird feeling, but uh, it's it's a nice feeling too because you can fart and burp and do whatever you want. No one's going to give a shit. Um, but 
Uh, it is. For the wild times you have. <laughs> Well, it's just like, it's nice. Shitting all over the theater. (laughs) And also like no one's annoying. So like no one's talking, you know, you know that, you you know, no one's going to be playing with their cell phone. Like you can just actually just sit back and watch the movie. It's almost like getting a private, you are getting a private screening. Um, I I like it. Obviously, if I'm going with somebody else, it's, it's, it's less weird than just being in this giant room all by yourself. That is an odd feeling for the first like 10 minutes or so. Kind of like the beginning of this podcast. Um, (laughs) It's just, it's just an odd, unusual, awkward feeling. Right. But uh, that's uh, anything else for me. I I know you had some questions up top for me about Warthog. Anything else for me about this? I mean, my main, the burning question I think on all of our minds is what is the Ponzi scheme you're running with Cinema Salem? Oh, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. So next episode, this will tie into your Ponzi scheme (laughs) theory. I'm having uh, John from Cinema Salem on. He's a film curator. He's going to be my guest next episode. Hopefully it's less awkward up top. He's probably a friendlier guy than Mike, though. So it shouldn't be. (laughs) Uh, This episode was awkward up top? No, I just think the first like two, well, you called it out. You're right. The first like two minutes were. It was me. It's on. It's my fault. (laughs) I was being weird. I don't know. I think, like I said, I'm so obsessed with the producing and doing the whole thing. I don't know. Uh, I I wasn't even talking about your performance on the show i was saying beforehand it was like you were nervous that i was here it felt uncomfortable all of it's uncomfortable yes the first <laughs> yes the first any early part of this show every episode is like oddly uncomfortable i'm not i'm not in the i don't know uh someone's like uh people ask me like are you scared when you go on Kirk's show i'm like not really no i'm just having a conversation with someone but like i'll be live i'm like half terrified at the start of every episode of this show i don't know what that's about i gotta like shake that um uh, oh, Cinema Salem Ponzi Scheme. No, it's just, I, I'm trying to get a relationship with a movie theater so I can talk to a film curator, talk to someone. You might want to think about doing that with comedy clubs, Mike, like maybe have a relationship with these people and- Oh, I have. Okay. They, they ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I said what I want to do uh, for the Why You Laughing Challenge is go to comedy clubs only on Mondays and Tuesdays for the next 52 weeks. Oh, I just have to sit through uh, open mics and improv troops. Yeah, you'll see some rough stuff on uh, yeah. uh, on those days, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so well, I, I actually from brings Cinema up Salem a- know is subliminal messaging uh, trick has worked perfectly because I can't get it out of my goddamn head. Good. No, actually, I want it. Ideally, I would do a different theater like every month. So every month, I kind of like more or less adopt a theater uh, that we kind of focus on. Ideally, independent, smaller ones, and then hopefully, I can that gives me a gateway to talk to some people there. Um, yeah, branch out. Start going to Western Mass and my old stomping grounds, you know? A lot of wacky characters out there. Well, I'm going to Boston this weekend. Um, so I'm going to hit, like, I think this is, today was the last day I'm hitting a New Hampshire theater for, like, over, I think, a week. Um, so I'll be hitting a lot of different theaters that I haven't hit. So I'm kind of interested in seeing those. Um, but I know there's a lot of, like, small, I know there's, like, the screening room in, Cam- uh, I'm sorry, in Salisbury. Uh, there's a few in Maine I haven't. I'm going to hit one, I think, in a couple weeks. Um, so there are some independent theaters that I'll, I'll definitely will branch out to, but I figured January was kind of cinema, cinema Salem's month, if you will. Um, and they also, they were just really receptive. Like I, I, they're, they're fairly active on Twitter. A lot of theaters aren't, I don't know why more aren't. Oh, I've seen that has led to my suspicions. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, no, no scheme that I know of yet. I mean, the, unless the checks in the mail, I just haven't gotten it yet, but, uh, yeah, there's nothing, nothing, uh, Nothing too duplicitous yet, but I said, I'm having John on next episode. So maybe we can, maybe he'll, you know, give me some hush money or something there. I don't know. I'm sure he'll give something away. I'll be listening very closely. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm sure you. I'm sure you will be. That's that's wonderful. It makes you feel good. Uh, I we should mention. Why are you laughing? Uh, if anyone hasn't heard the Dan Cook episode, it's fantastic. And then what Thursday, the Three Stooges episode will drop, and that's a Thank very you. good. Yeah, the last episode was uh, Chris Rock. If you haven't heard that yet, and then yeah, tomorrow, 
uh, when this comes out, right? Tomorrow uh, will be the Three Stooges episode. And on Patreon.com slash Blind Mike will be a Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn is what we're covering. One of my favorite shows of that time period. Mine as well. Yeah. And I mean, insanely, I guess I always say like Comedy Central kind of saved themselves because they replaced it with the Colbert Report, which was good. But like it is a, a travesty, in my opinion, that got canceled because it was the only show like that ever on TV, I think. I got to see Colin Quinn. Uh, he did. I saw him a bunch of Comedy Cellar when I lived in New York. And then he did a one-man show about the history of New York that Jerry Seinfeld directed. Yeah, New York Story. Yeah, I, I got to see that. He was on Netflix still. Yeah, it was good. Um, and he he's great at the cellar. It's always fun when he drops in because uh, he did. He has. He's a, crimi- I think he's criminally underrated. Like, he's one of my favorites ever. He has this great Law and Order um, bit that he did uh, at the cellar, and I was just I was just dying. He he's very funny, and comedians seem to like genuinely like really love him. Like he's really beloved in the community. It seems like at least from the cellar, unless they were all bullshitting. He always says uh, he's a comics comic, which means he's unsuccessful in the business. <laughs> Todd Berry had the same thing. You like him? I like Todd Berry, yeah. Me too. Yeah, pe- at least when I was in New York or a decade ago, people were kind of saying the same thing about him. Like, he's a real comic. Yeah, comic. David Tell has that a little bit also. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else before we get going here, I guess? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, what's... That's, <laughs> Did I did I bother you in some way? It seems like you're ready to get me out of here. I try to keep the show short, typically, but we can keep going. Do you want to talk more about David Tell? Uh, we can keep no, no, going. no. It just seems like I don't what, want to bother what you. I believe is happening. No, this is your third podcast a day. I'm sure you're tired and <laughs> want to go do What I believe is happening is that you kind of made it seem like, to us, the public, that you were ready to get the warthog the hell out of here. What I believe is that I've taken up too much of your time, and you're thinking, if only I could get the warthog back. Well, of course I wanted the Warthog instead of you, but you know, it can only, you know, schedule only works so many different ways. No, so you're the Warthog's best friend. Is that fair? Yeah, I would say, I believe uh, if he gets married, I'll be his best man, I think. Are you upset I didn't reach out to you about having him on? I, I wasn't upset. I was baffled. <laughs> Considering I a lot of people were. if I was going to have, uh, uh, who's the guy you did a podcast with, Ethan? Yeah. I, I would think to you, like, will he be... Chris, would he will he say more than like six words if I have him on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, well, you told the story on on KMS how uh, you doing a show with Warthog and he was um, doing a crossword puzzle. He was producing the show and he wasn't <laughs> paying attention to it. Yeah, I, I guess knowing that story might have given me a bit of pause. I think I still would have had him on though, because it was just like, all right, try him on. He's someone I like a lot. I just think he's. He's uh he's funny in a in a quiet way, but he's I think he's really smart. And I also know he's not he's not an asshole. And I was like, all right, I wouldn't mind just doing a couple of shows with him. I don't know. Maybe that's a low bar. I don't know. Maybe it's a high bar. I don't know. I think you made the right choice. I think it's some of the greatest podcasting I've heard. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I I, I can see you say that with all sincerity. I should have known <laughs> I should have known we're in trouble when you're doing why you're laughing and you have on, you know, eighteen thousand different people on that show and you don't have the warthog on. That's my point, is it should have been a red flag that yeah. I've never had him on anything I've ever done. <laughs> It's a good point. I'm not, I'm not this, you know, I'm not the smart. I go to movies all the time. What do you want from me? I'm a simple man. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, thank, thank you so much, Mike, for joining us, uh, joining me, I guess. See, I, I can't be alone. Being alone is awful. Uh, and we are back. I'll be back. I won't be alone uh, on uh, next episode. I'll have on John from Cinema Salem and we'll talk about film curation and kind of why he picks the movies he does. And hopefully that's entertaining. I think I'm finally going to see uh, guess who's coming to dinner, the Sydney Portier movie uh, as well. So we'll discuss that uh, next time we talk. Uh, but thanks so much for joining us.